What's up guys, it's your girl Jamae. Welcome back to another episode of the Blonde Misfit Podcast. I missed you guys, I really did. If you noticed, there was no episode last week and you might be asking yourself, why Jamae? Why would you not give us an episode? And the true answer, my sweet misfits, is I was having technical issues and I got stressed and the stress, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like chill and I'm gonna wait till next week and we gonna just try this all over again. So we're here now, okay? Don't be mad, relax. We're gonna hop right into today's episode, but first I actually wanted to come to you guys and talk to you a little bit about some of the findings that the Fashion Spot has recently reported about New York Fashion Week. So as you guys know, there's New York, there's London, there's Paris, well, there's Milan, and then there's Paris. And in fact, we just wrapped up Paris Fashion Week a few days ago. A lot of the editors are returning back home. They're resting, rejuvenating, chow. You know, with the coronavirus and everything happening out here in these streets, everybody is just like, let me get home and sanitize and uh, clean my dishes. I don't know. (laughs) but one of the things that I think is so important is that if we're talking about all these shows while we're looking at the clothes and we're looking at what's potentially going to be shown for next season or made available to to the mass market it's really important to see if the designers are really taking the next step of making sure that think that their shows are diverse and that diversity is really at the forefront of what they're creating and that people of all races, sizes, genders, whatever, can see themselves in the clothes. So this is not gonna be all encompassing. This is just gonna solely focus on New York because New York is where I went to the majority of my shows, but I'm also focusing specifically on the findings that the fashion spot presented. So surprisingly enough, race and racial diversity of the models actually dropped this season compared to previous seasons. And this season there was only 43.6% models of color among all of the, uh, the 61 major shows that happened at New York Fashion Week. Now, on the one hand, some people can say, oh, well, 43.6, that's a lot, like that's almost half. But when you think about it, that's 43.6% compared to whatever the other number is. I'm not going to try to subtract that from 100 because your girl is not the math, okay? But that other percentage is all white models. And then the 43.6% is supposed to encompass models of color. So that could be black, African-American, that could be Hispanic and Latinx, that is Asian. Asian and anything of Asian and anyone of Asian descent that could be Native American that's everybody who ain't white okay and if you think about it white people are not the biggest population on the in the world honestly and truly like if we can really be like 100 with it like I'm not doing no shade or nothing like that's just the reality of it so when designers say oh well we want to cater our runway to the fact of what the world really looks like the runway should be a whole lot more inclusive because the runway should actually have more models of color because the reality is the populations of people of color is much higher than the populations of white people. Hello, can I get an amen? Hey somebody. So to me, it was a little disappointing that this is still something that you know we sort of are 
nudging across and that we sort of took a back seat on this season. Of course, some people are saying that there are multiple reasons why that could have been. First of all, you had shows like Jeremy Scott and Tom Ford that were not showing at New York. Um, Tommy went to London. Jeremy, oh, Tommy Hilfiger, I'm sorry, he went to London. Tom Ford went to Los Angeles. And I know that Jeremy Scott just postponed his um his show until um until like couture week and so you had like people who possibly would have had more models of color present and they weren't at new york so those are all factors but nonetheless this it just it 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 just grinds me to my gears because the reality is we just need to see more models of color that's just not a thing that even needs to continue to be um, advocated for in a well this is why it matters like no y'all know what y'all are doing and y'all need to stop another thing that I found interesting and this is again unfortunate is the lack of plus size representation in the shows so this season it dropped significantly from last season last season it was like 2.92 percent of the models which you is not a lot, but it's still progress. Um, this season it was only 1.4% and that is just upsetting. I think the thing that really stuck out to me in this report was that aside from one designer, the other designers on this list who actually did feature a plus size model the number was like either one or two plus size models. So it wasn't even like a third of their casting or half of their casting. The only person who actually did more than two was Christian Siriano, which I went to for the first time this season. If you haven't had a chance to, you should check it out. It's on the blindmisfit.com. Also, I think I got photos and stuff on my Instagram and I, and I commend Christian so much again for really taking into account that plus size women want to feel sexy. We want to look good. We want to stunt in our cute little clothes and we want to know that the quality of the fabric, but the quality of the, of the message that you're sending out into the fashion industry really is for us as much as it is for everybody else. And I was really excited to see that he is continuing that conversation by making sure that women of multiple sizes are present. Even though I do think that there could be more improvement for the other brands, I also wanna shout out a few others like um, Tadashi Soji, Dennis Basso. I know that Christopher John Rogers, Mark Jacobs, Oscar de la Renta, Probble um, and Laquan Smith were a few of the many, many, many brands that actually had at least one to two plus size models in there. But again, I'm not patting anyone on the back for putting in two girls who are slightly thicker. We need to continue to see more representation of plus size and body diversity on and off the runway. And when I talk about body diversity, I'm not just talking about sizing i'm also thinking about the idea that you have people of all abilities and all levels of ability who are who want to be models and they should also feel present and be able to walk down a runway the same way as everybody else 
So I'm going to drop the entire report down into the description box so that you guys can read it because it also goes into transgender and non-binary representation, age representation, and then the most and least diverse shows, which honey is a lot of tea and I wish I could spill it, but I really want to get into today's episode. Um, I think it's just a great report. I really am looking forward to their full recap for the entire month of fashion. And I think that it's going to just be great to see where the industry is going. I know New York is a little different because there are so many people from all walks of life here versus in other places, potentially in Europe, where you might tend to feel that the audience or the demographic is a lot more monolithic. But nonetheless, fashion is received by all. And so everybody needs to feel like they can see themselves in some way, shape or form reflected. Because why would I support a designer or support a brand if none of the models who even come down the runway look like me, sound like me, or feel anyway relatable to me in my life as a consumer. So thank you The Fashion Spot for obviously doing these reports. I know it takes a lot of time and energy and money probably for the resources, but people like me appreciate it because it helps me know how to figure out how to craft my content and also just ways in which I can get people like you guys to just be very open and transparent about what's happening in the industry, what we're seeing, what we're not seeing, and potentially inspire you to make some change. So, child, today's episode is one that I would say is not even like crazy. It's just one that I get asked a lot. And one of the things that I'm doing is in the meantime, while I'm prepping like some of the things that I'm working on for the podcast, which I'm very excited to bring to you all very, very soon. These solo episodes, I really want to focus on answering questions that people ask me all the time and that instead of just sending off like a one-off DM or a one-off email that I can address in one sitting. And one of the biggest things that people have noticed recently is my social media growth and my social media presence and how social media is so important to building a personal brand. Whether you're in fashion, whether you're in beauty, like whatever, whatever your brand is, social media more than likely is going to play a, a huge role in just how you get that content or that visibility out there. It doesn't have to be your bread and butter all the time, but you should be active and present somewhere. So today's episode, I wanna focus on how do you stand out on social? Because I really do believe that when I sort of figured out how to do a few things, particularly for the Blonde Misfit brand, that that is what put me on the right radar with the right people that allowed me to have the right opportunities at the right time, and allow me to just stun walk in all this goodness that God got for me. You know what I'm saying? But really, it's not difficult and it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be costly with your time or your money. It just is about intentionality and really making sure that you're focused on what you want to put out into the world. So go on and get your little pen and your paper, girls. Um, I want to put some edge control on my edge real quick. 
because this one little edge is sticking up and I'm going to do that real quick while y'all while I get ready oh y'all I didn't even tell you I'm gonna be in Dallas on Sunday I am so excited uh boss women org that just sounded weird I don't even know why I said org like so aggressively hard like that um <laughs> but boss women media is hosting the 100 women sitting at the sitting at the table event and i have been chosen as one of the honorees and so i am so excited i won't be there long enough to soak up all the delicious food and men of dallas but I am very excited to sort of get out of New York for even just a quick hot second um, and be around and be surrounded by other phenomenal black women who are doing dope things in their communities and with their platforms. So yeah, make sure that you are uh, on Instagram, especially because y'all know I'm going to be posting a whole bunch of photos and a whole bunch of IGs. IG stories and a whole bunch of tweets on Twitter. So if you're not following me on social, like, honey, catch up. Okay. Okay. This edge control is now slicked down. I am ready to discuss things. Okay. So how do you stand out on social media? So first of all, a lot of y'all might be even asking like, yo, why do I even need to stand out on social media? I'm not even going to be long-winded about that. Y'all already should like have some general idea of the power that social media has. Obviously, working in media in both a nine-to-five setting, but also in building my own brand, I have seen how something as simple as a tweet or a caption or the right photo, the right place at the right time has the opportunity and the potential to literally change your life. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, how we've always been taught there's no such thing as an overnight success, but really social media is sort of making it now where people really can come up overnight. You post something and then the next day you're, you're viral and then brands and whomever else are coming and knocking on your door if you know how to move correctly after that virality passes. And I have realized that in order to hone and to be able to reach people and reach the massive scale of people that I reach every month with my social media presence, but with also the brand, but then also just like doing speaking engagements and everything else, it's really about captivating your audience and bringing them into your world so that they can see you for who you are. So the first thing that I would say in order to stand out on social media is focus on your personality. Now, it's funny that this is my first note because this is the thing I struggle with the most. And in fact, it's a big reason why I started the podcast because I realized that a lot of my followers did not know who I was. Like they know of me, they see my photos, but they didn't have a chance to hear my voice. They didn't have a chance to get a gauge of my personality. They didn't get a chance to kind of get to know like Jamee, they only know the blonde misfit. And I will say that the reason why that that has been so hard for me is because I came up through this ranking of this idea that like 
fashion editors were, were supposed to be super polished and you were supposed to wear designer clothes and you were supposed to always look flawless and you were supposed to just look beat all day, every day. Like, you know, step out, like, you know, whatever, something. I was trying to think of a Cardi B line, but then my mind blanked. Um, <laughs> but that's just not the world that we're living in now. Nowadays, people want to see authenticity. People want to see transparency. People want to know that you're a real person and that behind those pretty photos or behind that dope aesthetic is a real individual who has real feelings and can relate that in a really real and organic way. So you might be asking yourself, okay, but I know I have a personality, but I don't even know how to necessarily articulate that on social. I would say the first thing you should start with is even with video. So I have a goal to increase my video content in 2020 as a whole. But in the meantime, I love doing things on IGTV. I love doing things on IG stories because they're little snippets of video that do get to show people my personality, but also like where I like to go eat. I get to show people my puppies. I get to show people when I get some new J's. Like there's so much that you can utilize with video that you may not necessarily be able to do in just a caption, or you may feel like you can't necessarily do like on just like a site or whatever. Also focus on your captions. Your captions really are a great place for you to be wordy and sassy and satirical if that's your nature. It's really great for you to be vulnerable and just open if that's how you roll. Like whatever you are as a person, like just be that. And I know that it can become really easy to just wanna look like and sound like everybody else, especially when it looks like everybody else has a proven track record of success when they be, are like that. But when you're trying to get scouted by a brand or you're trying to designate yourself as like the leading expert or the leading authority on something, you don't want somebody to be like, oh yeah, she sound like everybody else or he dresses like everybody else. You want them to be able to very, very quickly, but also very honestly say, I know that this person is different because insert whatever year, like, you know, whatever that might be. And the same way that I'm charging y'all to do that is the same thing that I'm charging myself to do, to be much more of my silly carefree self that I am on the podcast and that I am like in other avenues in other places, like on my social channels as well. So number two, and this is going to be a little weird because I feel like this is sort of the opposite direction of number one, but not really. Be whatever it is before you actually are whatever it is. Um, it's just the, the motto, fake it till you make it. Social media is all about the perception of things. Nothing on social is real. Okay, even the people who tell you, oh, this is real, like they putting on filters, they're editing blemishes out, they are running it through Visco. Like, social media is supposed to be a reflection of reality, but the reality uh, is a lot of people are not going to show anything but the highlight reel. You're gonna see a lot of really pretty images, a lot of great looking things, 
it's like Instagram especially is becoming just sort of this new age of Pinterest. And if you don't guard your heart and guard your mind properly, it will create a lot of imposter syndrome for you. It will also create a lot of self-doubt. And you'll think your life isn't popping because you're not up shaking your booty up on a yacht with, I don't know, Moet. And granted, there are some people who are really doing it, but there's also a lot of people who are sneaking on the boat and taking a photo and then getting off the boat and then going wherever they really gotta go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I say all that to say that when I first started working in the industry, I looked and I noticed that all of the fashion editors would be dressed up. I couldn't always name all of the designers, but I knew that they were always dressed up and always had a nice, you know, their hair was always done, their you know, face was always made up and their outfits always looked good. So I started dressing like that. And even though my clothes were obviously not designer and I didn't have some of the resources to be able to look as fly as they did, I still put my best foot forward and made sure that the photos that I took were top-notch quality and that I was posting and, and posing and networking the way that I saw them doing. Because at some point, people naturally start saying, oh, okay, well, her feed is constantly, her posting really nice you know, photos of this, this, and this. She must be an editor or she must work in fashion or he must want to do beauty. He's always posting makeup tutorials or he's always posting, you know, influencer type work. Funny thing enough, before I ever got my first paid brand deal, I was posting a lot of things that people thought were paid campaigns by brands. Now you can't just go putting that hashtag ad on everything, y'all. Y'all gonna get in trouble and make it harder out here for the rest of us, okay? But I used to just post really, really dope content because I was trying to figure out how to, how to work my camera, how to work with lighting, how to take photos and work with my angles. But also I knew that brands needed to see something before they were willing to invest in it. So I would put it out there. You have to be what you already, you have to be what you want before you even are. And I mean, that's even biblical, you know, walking in faith and really sort of owning and honing into that gift and that faith that what's for you is going to be for you and that it's going to manifest. So how to stand out on social media. If you want to go into fashion, start dressing for the role that you already, for, for the role that you want as if you already have it. If you wanna work in beauty, and if you wanna be the next big YouTuber, let's say you wanna be the next Alyssa Ashley or Jackie Ina or whomever, start posting those photos now. Start posting that video content now. Start wearing a full face when you go out. Um, and even if you go to just networking events and if you go to your day to day, because you never know who you're gonna meet at any of these events or even in just going to the store that has the potential to change your life or the potential to put you on. I think about it that you don't ever wanna have to get ready. If you stay ready, you don't ever have to get ready. You'll just be ready. So when the opportunity comes and pops up on your door, then all you have to do is just uh, pop, pop, step right on in. You know what I'm saying? So don't feel as if it's like a whole fake it thing. I think the difference between what I'm suggesting and you just faking it for the funk is that you're not 
faking it to flex for people. You simply are honoring and already walking in the thing that you are expecting to happen. Now that has to be coupled with some with some work, right? Like y'all can't be out here just like posting all this good stuff and then not putting the work behind it. Because even though some people have been successful using that method, I do think that that is not sustainable. And if you don't know how to like really run your check, your check gonna run you, okay? That being said, it's important to carry yourself in the way that you want others to see you and in the way in which you want to hold space in your respective industry. So I'm going to get off that point because I done talked about that point a lot. So yeah, that's number two. Y'all, my edge is like riding up again. Baby girl is not, she does not want to rest and slumber. Dang. All right, cool. So, bet. So the last point that I want to make about how you can stand out on social media is a point that I feel like I do so well, not to like, <laughs> not to like gas myself, but a point that I do so well because it really is part of my character and part of my personality and it's something that I had started doing from the jump so that it never felt inauthentic to people like the more that I grew and I climbed. It's about building and fostering your community. So again, working in the space of if you wanted to be a beauty influencer, if you wanna be a beauty influencer, you need to be able to attract a loyal audience of people who want to see your content, right? But they're not just coming there to see the nice content. They hopefully want to interact with you, want to get to know your personality. If they watch your videos and if they think you're funny, they probably want to say something to you and you say something back, potentially something that's funny, right? <laughs> and so when you take the time to really like work and build your network, that does include things like, you know, commenting back, making sure that you're answering your DMs, making sure that you are doing call outs and call to actions in your posts and that when people actually do say something interacting with them i know y'all think that that's probably something that's like duh may of course i know to network and to foster my community but you would be surprised how many people do not do not say thank you how many people never try to solicit any feedback on how they can improve their their uh, actual content and for the experience of the customers like the blonde misfit I, like I work for y'all and it's not a thing of oh not having a boss not having this not having that like no I work for you guys because if you guys tell me that specific content is not working for you or that you're not feeling something I have to know how to pivot and navigate because I want to make sure that I am representing you all the best way that's possible and when I first started out, I would comment and really engage with people. I think to the point that people really felt like, oh, Jamee is so approachable, Jamee is my friend. And even if my time does start to get more isolated, I don't have as much time, free time during my day to focus on building necessarily and being very community like with my like 
comments if that makes sense but I always look back and I always think to myself that it was so crucial for me to be able to show people from the jump that I truly did care about them and their thoughts and that I really really cared about them being active and present in the life of me but also the life of my brand and that I would also show up for them in the same way there are so many people on social media who I know but we've never actually met before and you would be surprised at how those are sometimes the best people, especially if they're people who are in your industry or people who are already doing the thing that you wanna do, that if they have been following you, if they've been interacting with you, if y'all have a good rapport, and if you are constantly posting and creating dope content that they feel inspired by or whatever you are trying to solicit, that they feel and it's personality driven and there's so much behind it you would be surprised how many people will put you on even though they've never actually looked you in your eye i know that for a fact because so many people have done it for me and part and opportunities have been passed along to me simply because people know this is the type of content that you may focuses on this is the type of content you may love to talk about People see that I'm really, really passionate about things. And even when I'm gone from social media, as I have been for the past, I would say week or so, that it's usually just because I'm trying to refill my own cup and not because I don't want to talk to people. I think that it's really imperative if you want to stand out to realize that kindness goes so far and that the same people who will hopefully one day, I don't know, come to your event or purchase your merchandise or support your project or whatever it is that you're seeking to do that may potentially convert people into paying customers, you wanna build that relationship with them way before money ever gets involved. Now, when it comes to like the industry, you don't know what posting your content and your writing clips or if you are a stylist and you on set, like what posting that behind the scenes work, who that can reach, who might interact and might tag the right person underneath your photo that then is going to put you in touch with the site director of this place or the fashion director at that place or the beauty editor at this other place. You don't know. And when I am always looking for brands to shout out, whether it's on my at my nine to five, whether it's on the Blonde Misfit, wherever it is, even when I'm looking for brands that I want to start supporting financially and I want to buy into, I'm looking at all those things. I'm looking at how they treat others. I'm looking at if they're personality driven. I'm looking at if they're curating uh, an experience and a story on their, on their social feeds that then makes me feel part of the story and feel included. That's what makes me, that's what makes you stand out. I don't care about your followers. I don't care about your numbers. I don't care about any of that. And I will say that because that is something that I also had to outgrow, feeling that my followers dictated my worth. And I wanna let you know that wherever you're at in your journey right now, you are meant to be there and that your number of followers does not determine your number in your bank account, okay? And if out of the two, I would focus on the number in my bank account. <laughs> Besides, 
you can have 800,000 followers, but if you're not leaving a lasting impact or you're not even having an impact on the people who follow you, if the people who follow you only want to follow you because you post cute photos, um, cute, super edited, photoshopped photos, then, then that's what that is. But like, if you're, I'm assuming that that's not what y'all want. Cause if so, y'all wouldn't have listened to me talk all this time. So it's better to have a small army of very vigilant and dedicated people than to have a large army of people who don't care at all about you or about your brand. So to sum it all up, focus on your personality and focus on exploring that personality, even if it changes and molds and shifts. Be whatever it is that you want before you even are that and back it up with work and build and foster the community that you already have, but also the community that you hope to see. I hope you guys liked this little episode. If you did, please make sure that you rate and subscribe. Thank you guys for those of you who actually are leaving ratings um, in the podcast rating area. I don't know what it's called. Please make sure that you also leave a review. You can also hit me up an email. I'm at the blonde misfit. That's not email, child. Um, but I'm at the blonde misfit on Instagram and Twitter, and also on Facebook. Everything's down in the description box. Also, my email, which you can email me if you have some feedback for the podcast, or if there is anyone in particular, drum roll, that you might want to hear on the podcast soon. I will actually be introducing some interviews very, very, very soon. And I'm so excited because I want to continue to expose my audience to different people of the industry and just different ways that you can get into the industry and how these people are carving their own paths out and how just like the blonde misfit, they are sort of dictating their own rules and making the rest of us catch up. So please be sure to hit me up if that's something that you're interested in. And yeah, I will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye. Oh, wait, no, before I go by, y'all, I'm so happy today because I have so much good content. Jada um, dropped an album. We got Meg, Hot Girl Meg dropped an album. And my sweet, sweet little Uzi dropped an album. And honey, it is a good Friday. So wherever you at, make sure that you um, are listening to some good music and that you turn up and you're doing whatever else you're doing. Like turn up safely, but like turn up. Okay, cool. All right. Now I'm gone. Bye.